Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I immediately forget. We have been out of this for so long. Anyway, I'm Savannah. I'm Delaney. And this is the Crime Chronicles. Woo woo! <laughs> Sorry, it's so, yeah, been a while. It's, Can you I tell? think the last time we recorded, the last time our episode was released was March 13th. Like, literally. As we're recording this, it is June 3rd. So it's been a while and we apologize. We are um, so, so sorry. I had COVID and I was also like across the country while I had COVID and it was a problem. And then <laughs> I got sick. Like we were like, okay, so we're going to sit down and record that. And then I got sick. And then we had to finish finals week as well. And then, you know, first week of summer, we had a whole bunch of stuff going on and then. Yep. And so we're back. We're finally recording again. It's been a while coming, but yeah. Woo! So yeah, um, we're a little rusty. Yeah, so and then we're we also apologize. recording um another case today. Yeah, that we'll be actually releasing between this episode, Ted Bundy Part Two, and Ted Bundy Part Three because of schedule stuff. And then that one will be my case. So yeah, so all Woo! sorts of fun stuff. Um, that one should be fairly intriguing, but I'm excited to do Bundy first. Yes, this is a oh, I'm wild so excited. episode. Um, but before we get into that, we wanted to, um, kind of address the Uvalde shooting that happened. Yeah. Um, as we're recording this, it happened only about, like, a week ago, right? Um, but during that time, just this week, there's been, like, eight more. Yeah. Uh, the most recent one happened at a hospital. But, um, we Which just wanted kind of insane. to address, like, the awfulness of that event, first of all, and then also the problem of gun control in our country. Yeah. And the fact, like, you know, the suspect in the, or, well, the shooter in the Uvalde, Uvalde shooting, shooting. Um, was able to obtain his gun legally, and he was 18, and, like, barely... An adult. A, a, like, it's, yeah. Like, not even, really. Not even really an adult. And, uh... So. A lot of children's lives were lost in that shooting, and, um to adult lives. And well. I really do think that things like this should have been stopped a long time ago. Like when we It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. Like we talked about everything like this after Sandy Hook happened. Like, exactly. And but how it should We're going to change it and, and like, it will never ever... happen again and here we are yeah. like a few years later. Almost like 208 school shootings later, I think, yeah. is the number I saw the other day. But um, Which is just insane, and it's not okay. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, we kind of wanted to address that. We made a post about it on our Instagram, and we also put um, a resources link in our bio, our link tree. So if any of you are able to help or just want to, you know, sign petitions or anything like that. Or, um, like, donate to different causes exactly anything you can do like even if you don't think it will help it will anything you can do yeah and so just that's... like continue to talk about the need for gun control mm -hmm. in america because we have a problem with that here uh-huh yeah and in case you guys it's didn't not know. okay <laughs> yeah so that's um linked in our bio if you guys have anything you can do to help with that yes but yeah that was kind of our main to talk about it because i know that it's something that's affected us especially still being in school Exactly. Because we talk all the time about how, like... We're only teenagers. We're only teenagers, but also it's like, I know for myself, I've grown up going to school and, like, always having to know what to do if someone was to go in I mean, we'd have, like, up. shooting drills, like, yeah. and that shouldn't have to be a thing that happens. Like, you know, we, you have drills for natural disasters that you can't do anything about. Well, we can do something about this. Yeah, we can do something about this. Kids shouldn't have to worry about that. Like, I remember uh, we had a school shooting drill the other day um mm -hmm. savannah wasn't there this is when she had covid and yeah 
across the country. So, um, but I was in science class with a few other friends and we all like, people just took it as something that's normal. It's something Like it's... everyone in that class was, they were talking, they were being so loud and people were like, oh, if something were to actually happen, our class would be dead. Because that's not a... And it's, it's like, that's not funny. Yeah, no, it's... Like, that's so... Children have to, shouldn't chilling. have to go to school with that expectation or fear. Yeah. Um, so, just something we wanted to talk about. Or in public on. in general, or anywhere yeah, in general. No, like, you going to get your groceries. You exactly. There's, like, you shouldn't have to be in a hospital and worry that a shooter is gonna come like, inside. Yeah. Like, it's... It's not okay. No, but... Our hearts go out to anyone who's been affected by not only the Uvalde shooting, but any mass shooting at all happened mm-hmm. ever. Because yeah. it's not there's, okay. There's too many of them. Yes. But yeah, so we just wanted to address that really quickly and bring notice that we have a link in our bio for that, and I think we'll probably be adding a link to any, like, gun control things in general, like, petitions and stuff in there as well. Absolutely. So yeah, we just kind of wanted to address that. Um, And then, kind of on a... Lighter note. Yeah, a lighter note. Very much lighter note. Um, A couple weeks ago, right before we kind of went on hiatus for a little bit, I put out a poll, it was like, should we do podcast, like, recommendations. recommendations or shout-outs, um, and everyone said, like, yeah, or, like, do them every other week, or just do them occasionally, um. And we definitely wanted to do it this week, yeah, so. Yeah, so, the person we have been absolutely loving these past couple weeks has been the most amazing person we've, like, ever Love you so much. Met. Oh my god. Um, Creme de la Crime podcast. She is amazing. We, we love, love you. We love you, Sam. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she... I, she's, she's just been yeah like she's been a great great friend support on the yeah she's and she's like gotten our channel out to some other people and yeah. like has been putting us out there recommending us and just like been a good resource to learn about new cases and like mm-hmm. different things and rant about the true crime world yes but quite yeah. often so yeah she's we love you amazing um shout out to her go follow her on instagram and on spotify and all that good and good personally stuff. i listen, listen to, her, to episodes. her episodes when i do my makeup because yeah. they're they're great they're just like that perfect amount That's of time fun. for me at mm-hmm. least when i'm doing my makeup and i've been loving it please go check her out again from dilla Prime podcast yeah. on Instagram and Spotify and, and you know other... Apple Podcasts, yep, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Go check her out. So yeah, that was our little shout out that we wanted to do. Woo! Woo! All right. So, so now... without further ado, we're going to get into Ted Bundy Part Two, which will be covering his surprisingly short murder spree. So this is the biggest chunk of when he committed all his murders. Um, there are a couple that he does commit later that I will be addressing in Part Three. But this is right up until he got arrested for the very first time. Um, I am so excited. Oh my god. Okay. I, for this episode, I want to do, like, a huge trigger warning, because this one is, like, you know, violence, murder, sexual assault, brutality, all, all of, of the get, things. Like, all of the, all of the stuff. When you get um, Ted Bundy, you get a lot of And there is some heavy stuff. minors involved as well. So, yes. just as kind of a general warning for that. Just an FYI. Just so everyone knows. Um, and then also a disclaimer, like a general disclaimer, it is unknown how many murders Ted committed in total, um, and when he began killing officially. I kind of talked about that in part one, about how there was, like, some speculation as to when he had started before, but I will be doing my best to address a lot of that stuff, but I will mostly be sticking to the proven cases, because there are so many varied accounts of all of the speculative ones, and this is just kind of the things that are, like, proven or he confessed to, so. All right. Yeah. 
Very right. excited. So okay, his confirmed and mostly widely believed killings and attacks began in January of 1974. 74 and 75 are like the two years. Like the it's just years. it. Because you really in serial killers you hear about like they've been killing for like 13 years or all this stuff. Like it was two years. That's crazy. Um. So it was quick but he did a lot of like. Now, I'm going to tell you something very huh. terrifying oh, right God. off the bat. I just want oh, you to... No. I, when I learned this, I'd like my mouth drop. This same year, in 1974, Bundy was working at Seattle's Crime Prevention Advisory Commission as a director, where he supposedly even wrote a rape prevention pamphlet. Are you... No, 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 no. <laughs> Which is, like, terrifying to me. Like, that is awful. That is... Like, to think that a man like that could what? be involved in stuff like that. Like, no. That's... So he literally wrote a rape prevention pamphlet for, like, women. He was like, what this is something fuck? you need to do to, like, protect yourself. What the fuck? Like, in case you guys didn't know, Ted Bundy was not just a serial killer. He was a serial rapist and, like, sexual offender. Like, like what the It was fuck? not just... <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm not even kidding. Jesus. So, this obviously showed him multiple areas where the police overlooked crime. And oh, gave sure. him an insider look as to how they handled themselves. So, as we all know, 70s police work was really not great. Mm, it um, was a little dodgy, to say and the least. the fact that technology at this time also was very much not in its prime and, like... Yeah. You know, like, computers <laughs> didn't really... Like, they were doing things by hand and by paper. Exactly. Like, it was it was nowhere near the digital age that we have now. Yeah. Um, and so, all of that stuff and, like, state lines at this time were also a big problem because oh, police didn't communicate over state lines. So, if there was a, you know, serial killer, they assumed he was in one state and that was it. You know? That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, it was just... It, terrifying that he was working there well because also you talk about the 70s and what you like you think of all like the big serial killers so it's not like they were just dealing with bundy they They were were dealing dealing with a ton of people and like the amount of people who never got caught or didn't get caught for a long time because they had moved across state or even like county lines crazy like i bet and i'll talk about that a little later but it's it's yeah the 70s always also freak me out because Savannah and I talk about how, like, it's real good I wasn't alive in the 70s because I very much fit the profile of, like, Ted Bundy's type specifically and a lot of other big yeah, serial killers ta- during we always time. talked about that before we started this podcast is she looks, like, strikingly similar to many of Ted Bundy's these women. Victims, yeah. Yeah. I look real similar. It's real scary, but so, on yeah. we go. Anyway, so... The first victim was a woman named Karen Sparks. Karen Sparks was an 18-year-old student at the University of Washington, which, if you'll remember, he was he had attended before. On January 4th, 1974, Bundy entered her basement bedroom while she was sleeping. Oh, God. No, 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 no. And tore a metal rod from her bed frame. He proceeded to beat her savagely with this rod and raped her with it as well. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so he eventually left her for dead, and Karen slipped into a 10-day coma and actually awoke, but with permanent brain damage and no memory of the attack. So she actually survived, like... Oh my god! So, this is why people think that he was, she was maybe, like, his first victim, and he has survivors later on as well, but they were thinking maybe he just wasn't, like, as experienced. As experienced, yeah. So yeah. Um, and then... That's so terrifying. Like, that's my, like, worst fear is someone, like, breaking into my house in the night. Ugh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Definitely not. So, Linda Ann Healy, our next victim, was a very well, 
well-known 21-year-old student at the University of Washington, Again. as was Karen Sparks, who ran a popular skiing radio show. On February 1st, Linda went missing in the early morning around 2 a.m. Her bed was made, but small amounts of blood were found on her pillow and bed, and her nightgown was hanging in the closet with the neck having a ring of blood around it. Oh, that's... no. So, according to the authorities at this time, they believed the suspect, who we are now aware of who that is, to have broken in via a key that Linda and her roommates kept in their mailbox, knocked her unconscious, and then changed her out of her pajamas and into new clothes. Here's a PSA for all of you. Don't keep a fucking house key under a rock or in your mailbox or under a doormat. Anywhere. Don't do it. Yeah, it's not a- If you have to have a spare key, have it with you, have it on your person, do not leave it for someone to find. And it's like- it was oh absolutely not her or her roommate's fault, no, but, like, n- not in any people way. like that know how to find stuff like that, like, you know? you may think it's the most hidden, but no. people know how to find shit. Yeah. And so, to keep yourself safe and to prevent things like this from happening, do yeah. not so, yeah. hide a key. Oh. <sighs> so, next, Donna Gail Manson was abducted on March 12th, 1974. She was walking from her dorm on the campus of Evergreen State College, which was south of Seattle, where Bundy was living at the time. Imagine how, like, all the girls in the area felt, like, watching all of this come on the news. I'll talk about that, too. Uh Because it's, like, it's, like, there was slowly this awareness, and people were, like, oh, no. Yeah, like, I couldn't imagine living in Washington Mm -hmm. during that time. So, yeah, she was walking to a campus jazz concert, which she never arrived to. Supposedly, before she left, she was fixated on her appearance, but didn't make any comment about meeting someone or going on a date, necessarily. But she was just kind of, like, fixing her hair a whole bunch of times and making sure her outfit was okay and all that. Um, So her body was never found, but Bundy later said he burned her skull in his girlfriend, Elizabeth Kendall's, fireplace. Oh, God. Which is, like, no. God. (laughs) About this, he said- Could you imagine being Elizabeth Kendall? Right. Oh my god. And, like, looking at that fireplace and going, what the fuck? About this, he said, of all the things I did to Liz, this is probably the one she is least likely to forgive me for. Poor Liz. It's like, girl, no. (laughs) You chose to do that. Don't don't make yourself, you're like, I feel bad about it now. Like, I'm sorry, Liz. No. No, Shut the fuck up. You're the one who chose to murder that girl and burn her in the fireplace. Right. Um, so, Susan Elaine, 18-year-old Susan Elaine Rancourt, a student at Central Washington State, put a load of laundry in a community washing machine at 8 p.m. on April 17th, 1974, and then went to a dorm advisors meeting. It was, like, pretty common for her to go to. After the meeting, she was supposed to have gone gone and seen a movie with a friend, but she had disappeared and never showed up to the movie. Ooh. One of the others attending the meeting later recalled that they had encountered a man who introduced himself as Ted outside. Nope. His arm in a sling, asking for help carrying books. And there was supposedly also another sighting of this man three days before talking to another woman, but she hadn't gone with him. See, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if you're a young young girl and a guy walks up to you and is like, "Help!" Well, one of the things like I, my mom and like other parents talk about. And this was geared more towards children, but it also applies to young women. Like, an adult doesn't need a young, a young child's, child's help, help with anything. Like, they will get an adult if they actually need help. Yeah. And by an adult, that, like, all of these women were roughly around, like, 18, 20. Like, they don't- they he don't, doesn't need your help. If, like, he doesn't need your help carrying stuff, you know? Like- Like, he'd go get a guy. Yeah. Or, like, someone who looks very strong. And, um- but yeah, you'll see this as a very, like, a continuous theme. Is... Well, because also the other thing that was big in, like, the 70s and 80s is, I think, uh, 
I forget who it was. I feel like it was maybe in a, it might have been in Criminal Minds. It was in Criminal Minds. Of course. So we're talking about this again, but, um, they talk about how in the 70s and 80s they went through the schools and were like, stranger danger, scary guy with like the black, he's wearing all black clothes and he looks really sketchy. Stay away from him. Uh-huh. But then they don't like warn everyone in this time when like no one knows anything about crimes like this, about how generally it's someone you know or it's someone who doesn't appear to be a threat. And so it's like, it wasn't these girls' fault because that's not what they knew to be a threat to them. Mm-hmm. To their they lives. never understood that like, a lot of people still don't understand that it can be anyone, you know? It can be anyone. Like, it's not going to be someone that looks like a threat yeah. all the time. Um, but yeah, um, he, this was a very common theme for him. He, like, yep. he would ask, he'd have some sort of injury, like, visible injury with, like, a sling or crutches or something, and would ask young women to help him carry something, generally, to his car. Which is like, no, get get a guy. Go yeah. away. <laughs> so, what's interesting about Susan Rancourt was she was a slight differ in Ted's usual victimology, meaning oh. she had blonde hair and blue eyes rather than being a brunette with darker eyes, which was like Weird. 90%, 99% of the time for him, it was like a brown hair, like brown eyed girl. Well, because we were just talking about that with how, me. Like, how and Delaney I look- has brown hair and brown eyes, just so you all know. Just so you're all aware if you don't follow our Instagram, like, I fit that profile yeah. to a T. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I didn't know that he ever went off. Oh. But yeah, it was, that's it was just a little interesting thing about her. She didn't quite fit match. The... And, like, there were other people who were a little outside of his, like, like general type. Thing, but... but mostly it was the same kind of girls who were hmm. living alike. Interesting. So, 20-year-old Roberta Kathleen Kathy Parks was walking from her dorm at Oregon State University on May 6, 1974, to meet friends at a coffee shop when she was abducted in plain sight. Oh, that's so scary. So, by this point, police and investigators were very aware of a problem with missing girls in Washington. Well, yeah. But at the time, many investigators did not believe Kathy Parks' disappearances disappearance to be related to others, as it happened in Oregon and not near Seattle. So, at uh, this point, uh, all of the other ones had, like, been attacked or missing, like, near uh, near and around Seattle. Yeah. And, um, Kathy Parks was abducted in Oregon, so... Doesn't mean it's not related, though. So, for yeah. a long time, they, like, did not count her as one of them. That's they kind so of, like, they just weird. thought, he, like, a different thing happened to her. They were like, she's missing, but it's, like, not related. No, yeah, that's pretty much what they did. They were like, it's not the same. Don't oh, worry about it. Weird. So, yeah, it was until a breaking point, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, so, around 2 a.m. on June 1st, 1974, 22-year-old Brenda Carol Ball left the Flame Tavern in Seattle. Witnesses reported her speaking to a man in a sling. Oh. Because, you know. Because, you know, his M.O. Uh-huh. Which, again, very consistent. Um, so only 10 days later, on June 11th, 18-year-old University of Washington student Georgian Hawkins left a party to say goodnight to her boyfriend and then go study for her Spanish final, which she was, like, really worried and anxious about. Poor baby. I know. She, she said she was like, I'm gonna go say goodnight to my boyfriend and then, like, pick up some notes from him. Um, so she walked down this alley behind some sorority houses that was well lit and normally had people she knew around. Um, witnesses from the night stated that she approached a man on crutches who was struggling with a briefcase. <sighs> And she was never seen again, and her body has never been found. Again, he was- he's preying on these girls who want to help people. Well, one of the- one of the victims, her mother said, like, she was 
just a caring and helpful person and like she just wanted to help people and she said that's like Aww, probably baby like it you know she just put herself in this position yeah of, like, because she like they want to help someone who seems well, it shouldn't to be ever struggling. be something that you like have to be worried about like helping people yeah you know? it's like that's terrible it shouldn't be something that you have to and i couldn't imagine being a college-age girl like going to school in like anywhere near washington mm-hmm. at that time well because like, like Again, ninety like ninety percent of his victims were from like, that area. Well, not necessarily from that area. Oh. Actually, I'll go into that later. But oh. like college aged women. Yeah. And as we see later, he goes a little younger than that. But, but yeah, you know. Um. That I, it's I don't know. I just feel bad for, like, anyone connected to them because it's like knowing that that's how they were abducted. Well, I was talking to Delaney about this earlier, too. Um, it was really hard to do some research on this case because a lot of the articles I found were so centered around Ted Bundy. Which and, is like, so annoying. The articles, oh my God. like, a lot of, all, like, all the articles were titled, like, Ted Bundy's victims, not necessarily, like, you know. The murder murders, of. Or, like, the girls who disappeared. Like, it's. Yeah. It's, like, Ted Bundy, and it's very... And, I mean, I understand why, because, like, it's easy to group them in under this serial killer yeah exactly and like you know that's that's why i'm working on my glorification of a killer piece right now because it's a problem with a lot of serial killers where they're like highlighted in the media and the victims are forgotten well like 100 percent, i will not lie and say that like i have a very like a fascination with true crime and serial killers and the way their minds work and like we would not be doing this podcast if we didn't if we didn't but like it's so easy to overshadow victims when you just oh yeah look at, for sure like you know you're just focusing on the person who did it rather than the people who it happened to um, which is why we make it a point to say the victim's name exactly and not just like be like he killed this many people in washington exactly. and this many people in utah like yeah it's that's the whole point yep so, so yeah this that is why we're here this is a very important day that we're about to talk about oh okay so this is july 14th 1974 so if you'll remember this started in january um, his first victim, Karen Sparks, was attacked on January 4th, 1974, so this is, like, ten days after the six-month anniversary. He has not a long cooling down period. No, like, at, at all. all. Like, <laughs> that's six people so far. That is know? why it is a spree. Uh-huh. So, July 14th, 1974, Lake Sammamish State Park. A 20-minute drive from Seattle, and it was holding its annual picnic in the park, and this, like, it was, like, a picnic, event, game time, all this stuff. So it had, like, a lake, and they had games, and they had all this stuff. So this picnic had a huge turnout. Like, I cannot emphasize. Over 40,000 people were attending this day. And two of those people were 23-year-old Janice Ott and 18-year-old Denise Nasland. I'm sorry. I cannot imagine now, like, with COVID being in a crowd that (laughs) large. (laughs) Like, I see people in movies in big crowds, and I'll be like, why are you not wearing your masks? No, same. I'm like, why why are they not? Oh. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're... 40,000 people. That's crazy. As a rough estimate, we're at the, like, at the park this day. So, that's a crazy amount of people. Um, that is insane. So, yeah, about 12.30 p.m., Janice Ott was approached by a man with his arm in a cast who asked her to help load a sailboat onto his car. Janice agreed and walked over with this man to his light tan Volkswagen Bug. Witnesses oh, hearing you. her say, Hi, I'm Jan, and the man saying, Hi, I'm Ted. Ah! So, I don't like that. Like, this was, 
Like, he's so consistent, too, mm-hmm. and he, it's surprising well, he didn't get caught earlier. The stupid thing about this. <laughs> he literally said his name, like, to this girl, like, in a, yeah. like a, like, in front of a bunch of people, people and like, they were like, why who took just, her? Why wouldn't you just lie and be like, hi, my name's Bob, you know? No, like, like you're he was just like, hey, my name, here is my name. That's Do like you want to know the, it? Guys, my name. <laughs> that's like when the, B, I think it was a BTK killer, he, like, asked the police, he yeah. was like, can floppy disk be traced? And they were like... No. no! And he sent in a floppy disk and traced it to him. Yeah. Like, stupid man. Kill- <sighs> Serial killers are simultaneously the stupidest people and also the most intelligent human beings. It's, it's crazy. so scary. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Crazy. So, only three hours later, around 4 p.m., Denise Naslin left her friends on the sand to go to the restroom, where a man with his arm in a cast requested help moving oh a sailboat. Oh, God. So... This is kind of the one where I'm like, he would not ask for this girl's help. No, a he would not. A sailboat onto his car. Like, he would not ask a young college-aged girl who's, like, fairly- Because his type was, like, fairly petite women, yeah. not, like, muscular bodybuilders. Mm-mm. So it's like, no. No, exactly. He doesn't need your help, you know? It's like, run run away from that man. So, at this point, he said, later in, in his confessions, he said, when they got- to his car, he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, the sailboat is in my grandparents' house a little bit up the road. Would you mind getting in my car? Oh, no, girl. Girl, so, run. That's girl, what... run. And he said, supposedly later, which a lot of people don't believe this is true, he said he, like, originally kidnapped um, Janice Ott, who was, like, the first one he yeah. abducted that day at 1230, and she was still alive by the time he had brought Denise Nasland and watched, like, made them, like, watch. Oh, God. Like, no. But a lot of people are like, I don't think that's true. And yeah. I hope to God I it's not. To God it's like, not. no. And that's like another level of psychological torture I'm on sure, top yeah. of already being kidnapped. Like. Exactly. Like, what, having to watch, and then the thinking that's gonna happen Well, because, like, we were just watching Fear Street, <laughs> which is a completely random connection, but it's like, no. No. It's like that level of, like, because, like, when you watch someone else die and know that you're next, like, that's a completely other level of... But yeah, he said that... He said that he did that, but we don't know how true that is. Okay. So, at this point, eight women in Washington had been reporting reported missing in the span of six months. That's six months. And oh my the, god. And, like, just sheer fear began to kick in. Well, because, I bet, like... Yeah. So, because of the, like, crazy amount of people in the park that day, witness reports began pouring in, which is like, yes, good, good, good. So this is kind of like a turning point when people were starting to be like, we might under- like know who this guy is. That's good. So a suspect sketch was made. Descriptions of te- Ted's car like started happening. Reports of him asking many women for help that day started coming in. Like, all the stuff. Like, he started to get kind of like... Pro- he was probably and getting scared. He was probably like, oh, shit. I don't think he did because really? he's like very you know he's kind of like the arrogant type where he's like oh, i don't that's think i'm true. gonna get i'm not gonna get caught well because leading i'm ted bundy and trial, not gonna like him. yeah Mm-mm. oh i'm like i'm not guilty exactly like you're convicting a guilty man and they also learned his name was ted at this time they like good or at least that's what he called himself so they began they were kind of explaining like they were looking into ted's and theodore's but they weren't 100% sure if that was his real name. If that was his actual name. Because again, like, a smart person would have been like, hi, I'm Bob, you know? But he was a dumb bitch. He was like, I'm Ted! (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. 
Um, investigators begin to connect this injured Ted with the same one spotted at other disappearance sites. So they started being As like, they should. Hmm, guys, this like, is interesting. Maybe, guys, I think maybe I see a connection. So yeah, what? and the press coverage at this point was crazy. Oh, too. I Like, bet. they were all talking, like, it was up there, because, you know... Serial women, killer. Eight women, and, well, they didn't understand what that was. They didn't understand what that was, but yeah, but they were talking, they were like, was. yeah, the media was going crazy around this case. So... At the time, in the state of Washington, again, they had reported Ted's car as a light tan or brown Volkswagen bug. And in the time, at the time in the state of Washington, there were over over 42,000 Volkswagen bugs being operated. That is crazy. Which made that lead extremely hard to follow. Well, I bet. It was one of the most popular cars in America at the time. Like, it was, it, it was up there. So it was very hard to, like, narrow it down to, like... Oh, there's only five guys who and own a VW Bug here. Like, and that's it's gonna not be like easy. on top of that, he was driving like a bright orange exactly VW Bug. He was driving like a and tan. his name was like Ted or Theodore, which is like a pretty pretty common, common name, especially, especially in the 70s. Yeah, I was about to say like not many people name their kids Ted anymore because obvious reasons. Yeah, but, but yeah. So by the time police had slowly whittled down possible suspects, they started with, like, over a thousand. That's crazy. They still had a hundred names of suspects that fit this description. And after a month, the police still had no leads. So this, like, sketch had been released to the public and, like, but everyone said he just looked like everybody, you know, the sketch did. He was a fairly, like, average Joe. Well, one of the things I'll especially talk about later is he was the most, like, shape-shifting man I have ever oh, seen. Oh, for real. He could make himself look different in an instant. I was looking like, for reference photos, again, for my glorification of a killer piece, which I'll post whenever I finish it eventually. But, but like, I was looking for reference photos, and he looks different. He can look like a totally different person in this, in like, every snap photo. of a finger. Like, there's was, one where he looks like a man I would never approach, and then another that looks like a guy. Like a like friendly I'd, neighborhood dad. Like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. That I'd, like, see as... I walk around our neighborhood, like... Yeah, and just, like, smile and wave. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, he just, like, the sketch just said he, he just kind of looked like everyone. Yeah. Um, so, however, in August, a woman, whom you may remember, named Elizabeth Kendall, called into the police station, stating that she was concerned her boyfriend, Ted Bundy... I just, like, flung <laughs> something across the room if you heard that. Sorry. She was concerned her boyfriend, Ted Bundy, had been involved with the disappearances as he was similar to as the sketch, and drove should. a light yellow slash tan VW bug. As she should. So, Slay. she kind of called in and she was like, hey guys! <laughs> and the, she was like, um, hey! Investigators said at this time, like, a ton of women were calling in and being like, oh, I, I think my boyfriend did it! And like, all this stuff, because, you know, there's a ton of Ted's in that area anyway, and then like, even if their name wasn't Ted, they'd call in and be like, I think my boyfriend did it, you know? Like, they were all concerned. Well, I'm sure there's also a ton of boyfriends out there who did some, like, shady shit. shit. But, and, like, girlfriends who are just overly paranoid, but, you know. You know. So, yeah. So they actually took this one seriously, and obviously they, like, were talking to anyone they could on calls. Like, they were just trying to figure out any like, leads. leads. So, after this report was made, she submitted to an audio interview where she confessed that he had told her he often followed college girl girls girls. Although he didn't want to, he just did it anyway. Oh. He just said he, like, followed them. That's he was what he like, said. I like to follow young girls around. That's completely normal. <laughs> That's normal. Don't um, worry about she it. Also, what? She also said she found a bag of women's underwear in his apartment. Oh, that's weird. Girl, leave like, him. no. And a bowl filled with house keys. 
Okay, that's not normal. And, like, once she said she found a knife under the seat of his car, I also seen bandages in the car this time. That is so scary. That's not normal. That, Thank you for calling in. Girl, run! So, yeah, she, like, oh she like, after she saw all this shit, she was like, hey, guys. So, um, I know that a ton of people, like, have been calling in, but I definitely think that my boyfriend's the person. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is gonna sound like it's gonna freak you out, too. Oh, God. So, remember... Brenda Ball disappeared. Yes. She said the night that Brenda Ball disappeared, he had been with her and her family, and but he left early that night and arrived late the next morning to her daughter, Molly's baptism, and then saying something about the missing girls. Her it's scary, baptism? isn't it? That's what he said about the missing girls. He goes, it's scary, Stop. isn't it? Stop. No, 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 no. After he presumably just abducted and killed Brenda Ball. No. He just walks up to, like... His girlfriend's daughter's baptism after her just having murdered and, like, abducted a young woman, saying, it's scary, isn't it? That's... No. Well, because if I put myself in her position and I didn't know what was going on, I could almost see that as just, like, well, people him being were... concerned. Yeah, exactly. Because like, that was something that a lot of people probably said. Many were people like, were concerned at they that They were time. like, hey, this is real scary, you should be careful, like... Exactly, people were worried. <laughs> So, oh my gosh, but looking back, that's chilling. Oh, mm-hmm. So, they were like, hmm, okay, huh. this guy seems a little, hmm. A little shady. So, at this point, he had begun to, like, way move up in the suspect list, and the more they looked into him, the more dots started connect, started to there connect, along with the fact that he didn't really have any alibis for any of the nights the girls disappeared. That's. Like, a lot of the times it was similar to, like, he was with Liz and then, like, left and came back, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was... (sighs) That's so scary. So, however, this is an interesting thing. Also, the way he could just flip his personality. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, 100%. So, however, the police obtained a picture of Ted and showed it to at least eight witnesses from that day at Lake Sammamish. And, surprisingly, seven of them were... A, in a hundred percent agreement that he was not the Ted they had seen at the park. What? So seven of them were like, "No, that's not him." Which, I, when I heard about this for the first time, I was like, "What? Like, did he not do it?" Like for a second, I was like, "Whoa, wait, what?" But I, again, he's the most shapeshifty. Like. Motherfucker. He could have looked completely different that day than he did in the picture. Yeah. Like, it... I don't know. Like, it was if just... you go on Google and just look up photos of Ted Bundy, he looks completely different in every photo. Mm-hmm. So. Like, but yeah, when I first read that, I was like, whoa. What? <laughs> but yeah, this was important in the... Vest- in the investigation. In the investigation. Because it made it impossible for police to place any warrant or arrest on him as they had no identification or solid evidence. So even though, like, that one person was like, yeah, I think that's him. They they still didn't have concrete. They had nothing to, like, officially connect him. But the fun thing is, a week before, they could trace him to being at, like, Sammamish. Ooh! But a a week before. So Uh, it wasn't, like... But it still wasn't enough to, like, nail him. Exactly. So they never had any, like official evidence, but at this point they began stakeouts on him and, like... That's crazy. Yeah. It was... They were kind of looking Holding. at him a lot. Yeah. So, um, at this point, Ted was accepted to the University of, of Utah as a law student shortly after this. Ooh. And he actually moved to Salt Lake City 
between August 30th and September 2nd, 1974. Okay. So, also, fun fact, during this his time in Utah, he dated, he dated multiple other women besides Elizabeth. That's crazy. So, like, because we kind of saw that in part one about, um, Diane. Yeah. Or Edwards and slash Stephanie Brooks. And he, like, you know. Dated her while he was dating Liz for revenge. But yeah, he, this crazy. one he was just kind of dating around and then also dating Liz. Which is crazy that he can live that double life, but it's almost and like I mean, a triple life because he's dating this girl. on and off like a little bit, yeah. but like, you, you know, still. Well, but like, the fact that he was able to hide that from all the girlfriends and then also hide the fact that he's a literal fucking rapist and murderer. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude. Oh my god. So yeah, on his trip moving to Utah, and I only found this on like one or two sources, so I'm not 100% sure if this is, like, true, and it's also, like, a supposed thing that he confessed to, but it's never been confirmed. Okay. Um, he supposedly raped and strangled an unidentified Idaho woman on September 2nd and either left her body in a river or dismembered her body. Oh. That's, that's two what, very different things. That's what he said. Okay. <laughs> so. So. But it was, it was confusing because the sources on that were very conflicting, so yeah. I was like, I thought I'd add it just, you know. Like, as a little tidbit. Exactly. So. Here we get into some interesting things. Oh. So on September 6th, two grouse hunters stumbled grouse is like a yes, like a little I know grouse animal. Is. It's just it's it's not it's saying it out loud sounds weird. It does sound <laughs> weird when you say grouse out loud. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like grass. It's so, a grass hunters. Grouse hunters stumbled upon skeletal remains on the skirts of Issaquah, Washington, which was very close to Seattle around that area. Yeah. So police immediately began a full investigation, and they eventually found a skull, a pelvis, a spine, a mandible, teeth, and other assorted bones. Ugh. So these bones were determined to belong to Janice Ott and Denise Nasland. There so, it is. Um, Bundy claimed also later that he had disposed of Georgian Hawkins here, but the police never found her body or remains anywhere. Oh, interesting. And at the time, DNA, like... Testing was... wasn't that great. So it was hard to, you know. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. About figure how, that out. Like DNA wasn't up to where it is now. Yeah, it's a while ago. So yeah, it's gonna. It's a little rough to kind of like figure, figure out, out who exactly is there. Well, because they used um, at the time they really needed like kind of a skull or so, like dental records yeah, really. to be able to actually like identify someone. Exactly. So yeah, the DNA part of that was. A little, a little sketchy. Yeah, but, so, officially, Janice Ott and Denise Naslin were okay. there, but supposedly George Ann Hawkins was also there. So, on October 2nd, 16-year-old Nancy Wilcox left her home in Utah to buy a pack of gum and was never seen again. Oh, Although she baby. was later reported as being seen in a VW bug. Oh, 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 no, no, no. So, you know, he's in Utah now. There's no communication no, between Utah don't, and Seattle. They don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, that's weird. Whoa. Whoa. So, yeah. Uh, this is... So, he did... He... In October alone, he, uh, like, abducts and murders four women. That's Which, so, so far, is the closest he's gotten. Like, he's speeding up. He's picking it. Yes. So, after, um, October 2nd was Nancy Wilcox. On October 11th, only nine days later... Oh, my Rhonda God. Stapley, a University of... Utah student was waiting by a bus stop when Ted approached her and offered her to ride. From here, Ted took her to Big Cottonwood Canyon, where he repeatedly choked and raped her. At one point, he turned away from her, and she saved her own life by jumping into a nearby river. 
Oh my gosh. So this girl, like, he, like, turned his back for one second and she fucking dove. She was like, bye, bitch. <laughs> ran. Ran. So. She ran the fuck out of the girl boss. Mm-hmm. Jesus. But Rhonda didn't come forward with her story for fear of judgment and ridicule until 2011. Because it's the fucking 70s. Because, and, like, in general, too. In general, yeah. Like, it's not it's much better It's terrifying today. to tell people about your story because, like, you never know who's going to believe you or, like, yeah. care or think that it's, you know, all that stuff. So she didn't say anything about it until 2011. That's crazy. Girl boss. I know, right? So he turned and she's fucking terrified out of her mind. And she just dives into Uh a river. And also diving into a river is not a little feat because those things are She had been, like, like, repeatedly raped and strangled. But, like, she fucking went. She just (sighs) ran. I, girl boss, literally love her. Mm Mm-hmm. Slay. So only seven days later, we're getting like shorter and shorter oh time period. This, he's like devolving. Going, going, going. So Jesus. Melissa Ann Smith, the 17 year old daughter of a police chief, vanished after leaving a pizza parlor. A daughter of a police chief. So at this Jesus. point, people, because she was the daughter of a police chief, like kind of kicked it into high gear. Like, they yeah. Were all, well, because obviously, you know, like if you're a complete a, an Ooh. officer is like, like, we're. <laughs> she oh or her having such a hard time connected <laughs> to a case. You're gonna yeah. kind of focus on that maybe a little more, but then if you were like a sex worker mm-hmm. or something, because like unfortunately that. that's how our law system works. Because <laughs> they don't care. Society. When... Mm-hmm. But <sighs> so yeah, that's crazy. Her nude body was found nine days later in the mountains, and postmortem examination suggested that he she had been alive up to seven days after her abduction. Oh my Which god. Which means the shit that she probably went through was, like, Oh, mm, poor crazy. baby. She was only 17. That's, like, and so he's getting you can, younger As and you can younger. see, he kind of is, like, going down. I'm sorry. I'm also sitting here, and she said post-mortem, and I know for a fact that she accidentally <laughs> wrote postpartum when, <laughs> when I was, was taking writing, when notes. I was taking these notes. Because <laughs> she was sitting next to me trying to finish up the case. She goes, I almost put postpartum instead of postmortem. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Not the same. And it's like, that would have been bad. No, no, no. Wrong, wrong. Wrong end of wrong, life. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So, 17-year-old Laura Ann Aim disappeared on Halloween. So, keep in mind the... That's really... Melissa quick. Ann Smith, she was abducted on October 18th. That's crazy. So... Like, you know. Like, it's real quick. Like, that's within a week and a half. Yeah, it's, like, very close. For reference, like, a lot of killers have cooling down periods of, like, months. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, not well, weeks. Yeah. Or days. Or sometimes. days. So. In his case. So, yeah. 17-year-old Laura Ann Aim disappeared on Halloween after leaving a cafe nearby. Her parents didn't realize she was missing for a couple days. Kind of, like, assuming she, like, ran was away or was friends. it, or, like, out yeah. somewhere. Um, but she was eventually reported missing, and her body was eventually found by hikers on Thanksgiving Day. Which is, like, Thanksgiving, Jesus Christ. I know, like, poor baby. Yeah, so, both Melissa and Laura had been beaten, sodomized, raped, and strangled with nylon stockings. So, yeah. I do also notice that while he's in Utah, he changed his MO a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like... We aren't getting the reports of him, like, with a cast or with crutches, luring women Well, there also that way. weren't necessarily witnesses here, True. but... True. Um, because, again, 
communication. No, this next one we're going to talk about is also a little bit of a different MO. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, 18-year-old Carol DeRanche was shopping in the Fashion Place Mall on November 8th when a man dressed as a police officer, supposedly named Officer Roseland, told her that her car had almost been broken into and she should come check if anything was missing. So she he, like, came fuck? up to her and was like, ma'am, we found a man trying to break into your car. We need you to come out here and check like if anything has been stolen. So What? She willingly went with him, kind of worried about her car, and yeah. after discovering nothing was mith- missing, the police officer <laughs> convinced her to go to the police station in his car, which was a VW bug. After they were far enough away, his demeanor completely changed, and he forced one of her hands into a pair of handcuffs and threatened her with a gun, saying, If you don't stop screaming, I'm going to kill you. Before she got his door open and ran away. She booked it out of there? So she managed, because he only had, like, she was struggling, she was fighting him. And Girl boss. he had gotten only one of her hands and a pair of handcuffs. And with her other hand, she reached behind her and opened the door, fell backwards out of his car, and ran. So, oh my god! She, she went. <laughs> These girls who survived him like, were the most badass women. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Applaud you. But yes. yeah, so there's... But the interesting thing was, like, he dressed as a police officer this time. That's weird. That is, like, very And we don't know if necessarily this had happened other times, because she was, you know, the alive to give survived, a witness yeah. report. So, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, there's, there's that. That was Ooh. so. Now there's a twist that you don't know because Delaney knew about Carol Duranch before. I didn't but know about Carol Duranch. The same night, seventeen-year-old Debbie Kent had left a high school play and was planning to pick up her younger brother. She was then abducted and murdered by Ten- Bundy. Oh my gosh! So he like, she escaped and he immediately went to go kill another girl. Oh like he was my so upset God. with her escaping. And it was... I can't imagine what she went through because he also had this rage pent up because Carol escaped. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, many people that night where Debbie Kent, like, was, reported a man pacing the parking lot. And the police officers, when investigating, found a key on the ground that ended up fitting the handcuffs found on Carol Durant. Damn. So they knew they were connected because they were like... This, this like this like he literally it, fits the handcuffs. But they still hadn't connected them to Washington because again, communication. Exactly. Because <laughs> communication was not existent. What? So, What's yeah. that? Also the entire time we're sitting here talking about Carol Durant and all I can think about is that one line from Extremely Wicked Shockingly Evil and Vile where he's like, You ever been to a town <laughs> called Murray? Yeah. So because that's where she was abducted from. But yeah, yeah. that movie. That's I like love Delaney's that movie. Pretty much like <laughs> basis knowledge of ten. Yeah, it is. But yeah, but it was you know. such a good movie. Oh my god. Anyway, I love that movie. So yeah, Anyways. now nothing happened for like all of December. He just stopped. So this with the incident with Carol DeRanch and uh, Debbie Kent happened on November sixth. Nothing. Until January of 1975. What the... And he was, like, getting shorter and shorter. Exactly, which is weird. What the fuck? So, like, nothing that was confirmed. So, again, there could have been more Something that happened. At least, like, that or, like, more. Yeah. But we don't know officially, and he never officially confessed to any of those. So... Weird. Just an interesting little thing. So, yeah. Now, 1975, and we have moved from Utah to Colorado. 
So now he is operating from a different state. So he's just traveling, going. Yeah. yeah. So 23-year-old Karen Eileen Campbell, Campbell, Campbell? Yeah. Campbell, left her fiancé and his children in their Aspen hotel room on January 12th to grab a magazine and was abducted by Ted. Her nude body was found weeks later in a snow ravine. Because, you know, it was Colorado, it was Colorado and it's January. So I noticed when looking at uh, a lot of our other episodes, we have like so many that are based in Colorado. It's kind of scary. That's a little concerning. <laughs> sorry, Colorado. <laughs> We're sorry, guys. We really don't mean to do that. But yeah. Next week, I'll hit you with one not even based in the US. So yeah. don't worry. But yeah, there was like, you know, John Benet Ramsey and. And, uh, uh, what was the other one? But there was another one. We know there was another one. Someone. What was it? It was gonna bother us. Yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to go look now. Anyway, oh but my it's God. it's someone. So, um, Karen Campbell had died from blunt force trauma that left distinctive, like linear marks on her skull, which I thought was very the Watts family. The Watts family. There it was. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so she had died from blunt force trauma that left distinctive like lines on her skull. Oh, which I was like, what the? That's fuck? interesting. Um, and her body had deep cuts. So yeah, and was raped and all that because. Fucking Ted piece Bundy. of shit, Ted Bundy. We fucking hate you. Anyway, so yeah. So Ted that Bundy was just never that fucking bright. He was just so charismatic and white. A lot of true right. crime by Penelope Scott. <laughs> when Slay. I get mad about Ted Bundy, I go and listen to that song. Same. And it I makes also... me happy again. Same. So yeah. Uh, Anyways. So that was in January. And then the next thing that happened oh, it is in March. But before oh. we talk about his next crime... In March 2nd, 1975, two forestry students stumble across a skull on Taylor Mountain, which was in Washington, who police confirmed through dental records to be that of the nine-month missing Brenda Ball. Ooh. So, who authorities actually at the time did not believe to be related to the Ted disappearances. So they were just kind of like, oh, we found her. Sad. You know? Sad. Like, they didn't think it was connected to anything. It's not the guy who's been... Like, tormenting multiple states now? No. So, however, on the second day of the investigation, the police literally tripped. I'm not even kidding. They, like, ran into the skull of Susan Rancourt. A, like, pretty much confirmed Ted, Ted. quote-unquote, victim. Yeah. Like, quote-unquote Ted, because they, like, that's what they They called the suspect. They called the the suspect. So, at this point, Brenda Ball and Susan Rancourt were both on top of this mountain. Wow. Over the course of the next days, the skull of Roberta Park... Parks and the mandible of Linda Ann Healy were found. So it's like all in this one area. So they kind of were like, oh. So this is connected. This is like the, a Ted dump site, essentially. Yeah. And so I could not find this again for the life of me, but I know I heard it somewhere. There was this couple who had talked about it and they said they had gone to Taylor Mountain at one point and they were like, I don't know, they were either like there to have like sex or something or just like hang out or something. Yeah. Like a night hike. And they said they heard a man hiking up on the woods, and they hid because it scared them. And he walked directly by them, and Ted supposedly later, according to this thing that I don't remember where I saw, he said, oh yeah, that's when I was disposing of a body. Was this in the Ted Bundy tapes, maybe? I don't remember. I have no idea where you I You just this. know that you I heard just, it somewhere? I heard it somewhere, and they were like, the couple like got scared, and they saw this man like carrying this bag. And they were, he was, like, walking up and Taylor Mountain. And that was Bundy. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, there was, like, two That's people so I saw. That's so scary. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh. I would, <laughs> me if out. I were that couple, I would be like, oh. No, oh. It, like, and I don't remember where 
I saw that. So if that's not correct, please tell me because I feel like I saw it a really long time ago. But like, I feel like that. Happened. Anyways. Anyway, I know I heard it somewhere. <laughs> Just <laughs> side note. Anyway, that was my fun little story for today. So yeah. On March 15th, 26-year-old ski instructor Julie Cunningham went to meet her roommate at a local bar in Vail, Colorado, where she was approached by Ted on crutches, asking her oh, for help. there it is. And she was abducted. Oh, poor so, baby. So, again, he, like, kind of rever- reverts back to this, like... Which is weird. ...little persona where he's like, I need your help. Oh, I'm you. such a poor little man. Right. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> You're not a poor little man. Go away. We hate you. Anyways. So, yeah. On April 6th, so this was, like, March and then April. So, he's like, it's, like, getting it's longer. It's, like, getting longer again. And I half wonder if he just, like, didn't have time. Maybe. Because in Washington, he was officially a law student, but he, like, basically skipped classes and, like, had nothing to do. So, because I think probably he had a lot more free time, he was, like... He was able to, to like, like... do it a lot more often. And, like, almost take that path of evolving as a killer. Exactly. And maybe he is not able to do that in, like, Utah or Colorado because... Because these are, like, month or more waiting periods, which is, like, yeah, a Which different... is weird because generally when you see a serial killer that starts to have shorter cooldowns, that continues to shorten until they get caught. Yeah. So, um, again, there could be a lot more that, like... We don't know about. Like, happened that he either didn't confess to or he did, but people, like kind of discounted it or all this stuff. I just pick, I just like stick to like the what we well known and like official ones. Yeah. Did because you say otherwise what we know for show. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think you just did. Potentially. I think also it's like with this case there's a ton to go through and so it's like there's no way we can get everything. No, if I like did every single victim people ever thought, like we'd be here we'd for, be here for like work. Eight parts. <laughs> yeah, it would be a long time. So, yeah. Um, then on April 6th, 24-year-old Denise Lynn Oliver- Oliverson, and this is like a hard last name to pronounce, had a in fight there. with her husband and biked away in order to oh. go visit her parents no. near the Utah-Colorado border, but she never made it. Her bike and sandals were found under a viaduct. I'm, I would feel, like, I feel so bad for the husband knowing that the last which time he saw his wife was like they had a fight. fighting. Which is, like, people fight and it's, like, you never know when's the last time you're gonna ever see somebody. Like, if it's... someone's about to leave your house, don't leave on empty or, like, angry terms is my motto. But yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's so. It's, like, always say I love you to people, even mm-hmm. if you're real mad at them, because you, you just never know. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, this one's a little rough. So this is, like, literally exactly a month later. So on May 6th, 1975, Ted spotted 12-year-old Lynette Culver uh, playing outside her middle school in Idaho. Um, This is a middle school. Like, 12 years old. That's not even, like, about to be in high school. That's, like, Like a a sixth grader. No, it's crazy. That's a sixth grader, Ted. Go away. Like, that's a child. Like That is a literal child. And it's, like, some like, of his, like, victims were, like, you know, like, 15 to 17, and it's, like, not to say still, that's okay either, that's but... That's still a child, but, but it's, it's a... It's, like, you know, 12 like, is just, like, a whole different ballpark. 12 is just... It's, like... Like, you're not even, like... Because you think about, like, 15 to, like, 18, you're still a kid, but you're older, and it's almost like you are going towards adulthood, you know? But, you know, like... 12 is a completely other 
like it's just so area different. of life because you're going into sixth grade and you're like, oh my god, I'm in middle school. Like in middle school, you feel so grown up. Oh my god. But yeah, so according to his later confession, he abducted, raped, and murdered her in a hotel bathtub, drowning her. Oh my god. And supposedly dumped her body in a river. This although is a her body, twelve-year-old girl. Yeah, but her body has never been recovered. So Jesus. Oh my god, I just feel so bad for her. Probably confused too. Mm-hmm. Poor baby. Yeah. So at this point in around June now, a woman named Carol Ann Boone, who I will be mentioning a lot in oh, episode three, that will be like she'll Jesus. be like very present in that episode. Um, was staying a week at his apartment, and she was a former coworker that he had met at his previous job in Washington's Department of Emergency Services. Fuck you, Carol. So yeah, she hate this bitch. In, like, kind of in a relationship with her. You know, was also dating Liz. And and mm-hmm. also in June, he spent a week in Washington with Liz and discussed marriage with her very often. So, because that was kind of something they were, like, you know, they were basically they were... raising her child together. and they So were, it's, like, something that they, they were They had been dating for about, a long yeah. time and, you know, all this stuff. So the last victim I will be talking about in this episode is Susan Curtis. 15-year-old Susan Curtis was leaving a Mormon youth conference at Brigham Young University near Seattle on June 28th and was abducted. We didn't pick up on that. Uh, Ted was in Seattle Seattle during this time because he was with Liz. So that's why it was in Washington again. So she attended... Get ready. She attended the same school as Debbie Kent and even lived in the same neighborhood as her. Are you kidding? Not even kidding. Oh my god. So, like, Debbie Kent was the girl who Ted abducted and murdered after Carol DeRanche escaped. And, like, they were literally, like, in the same school, the same neighborhood. That's so scary. Like, it was crazy. Like, they were so, like, closely related. That's... Ugh. I don't like that. Susan was actually the last confession Bundy made as he asked for a tape recorder as he was walking to his execution and then confessed to killing her on the tape. Are you kidding? So he was literally walking, he was like, oh, I forgot, and asked for a tape recorder so he could say it. That's so scary. So yeah, this is where we're going to leave Ted Bundy part two. I will be getting into his first arrest in part part three, three, and I'll be ending at his execution. A lot of stuff we're going to get into in part three. And I'm sorry for leaving you... With episode three in like two weeks, but you know, trust me, it's worth it. It's a really, it's gonna be a really. We'll good get episode. there. Yeah, it's. Whew, but yeah. So oh my god. That is roughly the surprisingly short murder spree of Ted Bundy. Okay, you talk about surprisingly short, but there were so many victims. There were a ton, like about twenty, I think. Oh my god. And then, um, roughly, I think he officially confessed or like confirmed about thirty. So I'll talk about, like, a little bit of the last ten in the third episode. Because he did kill, even though he was in prison, he, you know, ended Mm. up killing some more people. The police work back then. So, yeah. A little sketchy, everyone. But, yeah, that was... That was intense. In this case, took me, like, this part took me forever to get through because there's so much, like fact checking and like trying to find all these individual women and trying to make sure I didn't miss anyone and like oh like this one took me forever to get a lot of the sources are like Ted Bundy centric exactly so there's it's yeah it's I've been working on this one for a while yeah yeah we'll have 
part three up soon. Um, not oh. not next. But yeah, Sorry, guys. A lot of the interesting things about him are like, although he's very consistent, he also varies a lot, which is um, really weird. And like his method of killing has never been the same. Like he does tend to kind of stick to like strangling, especially like with an object. Yeah. But he he won't like not try anything. You well, know, like, like he's drowned people. He's like, you know. Which like, is hit interesting, them over the head because and... you talk about serial killers, and generally they have a very consistent, like, MO mm-hmm. and, like, way of killing. Or at least something that's, use. like, closely related, you know? Like, if, like, if you talk about strangulation, they strangle with an object or with their hands, but they don't really deviate from that. But Ted Bundy, he, like, like you will know, he, beat he, women. He did everything from, like, like, beating to drowning to strangulation to, like, you know, it's just everything. Everything, really. So, That's yeah. crazy. And then, like, also, his, also like, his, like, cooldown periods varied so often, too. And it's, like, again, I'm not 100% sure if there were, like, murders in between then. That we don't know that about. We don't, yeah, because or... I'm sure, I'm 100% sure there are tons that we don't know about. I bet. Like... There is no doubt in my mind that the ones even people have speculated about, like, that's not the limit. I'm sure there are more. I guarantee. Because, like, you know, there's always going to be a person that, like, people don't really remember, which sucks. Which is terrible, and I wish that we could do something to change that. But yeah, it was, yeah. So, this one was heavy. It was a lot, and there's not really much else that we can say about, about that. <laughs> but yeah, Ted, uh, Ted Bundy Part 3 will be out soon. Hopefully. That one will be a wild ride, because the stuff that I learned, like, <laughs> the first time I, I ever heard about, like, trial and conviction and confession for him was through Extremely Wicked Shock and the Evil and Vile, and Delaney, like, knows a lot about this, too, but there's yeah. also a lot that you, like, that we Don't didn't know. learn about that, so it's it's gonna be crazy. I'm there so excited. There's so much that happens, like, from when he's first arrested and, like, convicted of, like, multiple things, like, and all the way up till he was executed. I'm very Spoiler excited alert. about he that. He is executed. Spoiler <laughs> In case you didn't know he's that already. Dead. But yeah. Thank <laughs> Not God. Not alive. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So. Whew. But um, next week, be looking for a disappearance. Yeah. We'll be having unsolved a disappearance. Interesting little week. disappearance. Which is like a little later. You know? Which is, yeah. A little, a little sprinkling like, of. Constant rape and murder. You yeah. Know, all the bad you know, stuff. All the. Those. I was just about to say wonderful things. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. Not the wonderful things. The very bad that. things. The very fact. bad things like rape and murder. Yeah. So, but yeah. I'll get you, I'll hit you guys with that next week and we'll be able to talk theories and it should be fun. Yeah. All right. But well, thank you for joining us again after a long hiatus. Long time. Yeah. So. But we're back. Woo. All right. Well, thank All you right. guys for listening. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.